of the Lord. Amen. Tonight, I want to I want to talk to us. I'm going to break away from our series that we're uh, that we have been doing on allowing Christ to be manifest through us. We're going to we're going to get back on that. But uh, tonight, I want to break away a little bit and talk about um, your favorite subject. I know you just you love this subject uh, concerning fasting. And you're like, when is pastor going to preach another good message on fasting? I'm tired of eating, and I, I just need to be you know, told to stop eating. And so we're going to do that tonight. We're going to try to help you to stop eating. Everybody go, amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, we're going to begin with verse uh, number 3. We're going to read verse 3 and 4. Brother uh, Edward, uh, just do your best to follow along. I'm sorry I didn't get the scriptures to you. For though we walk in the flesh, everybody say, I definitely walk in the flesh. Any of y'all ever wake up and just realize you just walk in the flesh? You fight this thing every day. So though we walk in the flesh, Abide in the flesh is what Paul's talking about here. Live in the flesh. That this is our realm of reality, flesh. This is where we're at. This is where we live. We have to work. We have to eat. Uh, we have to sleep. We have to do these things. This is the reality of life. And this is what he's talking about. He doesn't mean sinning here or being carnal. He just means that we live in a world of flesh and humanity. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, I want to tell you that if the church can get a hold of this one revelation, I mean really get a hold of it, and understand it, and get it deep in our hearts, and learn to focus our spiritual energy in the right direction. We will see a difference in our own life, our family life, our loved ones, and those that we are praying for and about, and, and the things that we are praying about. For though we walk in the flesh, though we live in this world, this carnal world, we do not war after the ways of the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Lord, I pray that you would just open up these scriptures to us tonight. That we would hear from the word of God. As this Wednesday night crowd. So desires to walk with you God. To understand you. Understand your ways. And to please you. It is our desire here tonight. To please you. I pray father. Minister to us this evening. Help me to teach the word of God that we might understand and receive. And that we will change our direction and our methods in which we war against the adversary. 
in which we seek the faith and the will of God. And everybody say, Amen. Find someone around you and tell them, you are not my enemy. Good time for a husband and wife to kind of talk to one another. You are not my enemy. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm just going to talk to us for a little bit here tonight, if that's okay. And minister to us. I, I, do, want to, I do want to start out this evening by saying um, we are continuing our, our days of fasting uh, like we did uh, in 2019. We're doing that for 2020. And so that means that Thursday, everybody say Thursday, say tomorrow. Tomorrow is uh, our weekly day of fasting and prayer. And so I realize the majority of us are going to get up and we're going to go to work tomorrow. I understand that. But uh, depending on the type of work you do, if, if you are able to abstain from, um, from all foods, that would be great. If you need to have a little something at lunch, uh, we understand that. Listen to your body. But try to take your lunch break uh, in the Word of God, uh, a time of prayer, uh, and seeking the Lord. Because Thursdays, uh, we take that day out in the week and we give it to God the best that we possibly can. And then uh, on the first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every month, we, we fast uh, three consecutive days. So uh, not, not the first, second, and third of every month, but the first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So sometimes that might be a fourth, fifth, and sixth. But every first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the month, we fast and pray. And we try to uh, take time out in those three days to dedicate uh, time to God, to focus on God, uh, to fast and to pray and to reach out to the Lord. And if it's, if it's not a habit for you to be on the prayer line on, uh, at 6.30 in the morning, uh, Monday, Tuesday, well, actually uh, Monday through Saturday uh, at 6.30 in the morning. If it's not a habit for you to do that and, and you're able to do that, you just have to rearrange your time a little bit maybe, uh, then I, I would strongly suggest at a minimum during our fast day. So on Thursday, say, I'm going to be on that prayer line at 6.30 in the morning with the church. You can find that number on the bulletin. And, um, and Edward, if, if you don't mind, maybe you can you find it and put it up on the screen if it's available. And uh, the number in the code. And then, uh, and then the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every month, Let's, let's try to, and Pastor will email us and text us and, and just remind us. How many of y'all get those annoying texts from Pastor every once in a while? You get those? Good. good. That's good. I want to know that I, I'm annoying you. If I can annoy you, then I, I got your attention a little bit. And then, of course, the emails with our daily devotions. Well, not so daily, but as often as I can get them out to you anyhow. And if you're not getting the devotions and you'd like to get them, please let me have your email. And uh, we'll make sure that you get the devotions that pastor sends out. We're making our way through the Bible. So on those days, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, let's, um, let's make it an effort to be uh, on the prayer line at 630 in the morning, no matter where you are. That's the beauty about it. You could be driving to work, dial in, hit mute so that your car 
uh, you know, doesn't make all kinds of background noise. But you can pray with us. You can hear us pray. And you can pray with us. And uh, so no matter where you're at, you can do that. And then at, uh, at noon as well, from noon to 1230, uh, we're on prayer line. And then at 930 at night to 10 o'clock, uh, we're on prayer except for Wednesday nights. And so let's, uh, especially on fast days. And then this year, 2020, in the month of October, we're going to do a 21-day fast. Uh, Pastor has already has a layout of what we're going to be fasting about uh, every day. We have the scriptures and uh, everything is put together for the 21-day fast that we're going to be going into and uh, what we're going to be praying and fasting about. How many of you know that we must remain a church that prays and fasts? Amen? We have to do that. We have to do that. Uh, every day that you and I live, uh, the world gets a little further away from God. If you listen to the news, if you dare to do that uh, and, and, and take a chance of being depressed, but if you listen to news or read or, or whatever you may do uh, concerning uh, the news today, you just hear all of these crazy things that are going on. The world is getting darker and darker as we continue. But the darker the world gets, the brighter the church gets. The brighter the light of the, of the Lord shines through the church. And we preached on that uh, a few weeks ago about the candlestick and how that, uh, you know, the Lord is the light, puts his light in us. And the candle, the light is placed upon the candlestick, the flesh, how he uses us uh, in this body. And so Paul the Apostle, uh, he wants to bring something to the attention of the Corinthian church, which means he wants to bring it to uh, our attention, to my attention, and to your attention. And he starts out by saying, uh, sort of, if we could put it in English, you know, he just starts out by saying, look, uh, I understand that we walk in the flesh, that we live in a real world. And uh, we get angry in this flesh. We get hungry in this flesh. We get uh, impatient uh, in this flesh. We get, uh, we experience uh, all of the weaknesses of carnality in this flesh. And, and then it, it's, it's more than that. It's the fact that he's expressing, I understand that uh, we have to work in this world uh, to provide for our families. We've got to get up every day and, and we got to go to work. You can't spend all day every day in prayer and fasting and seeking God because, uh, because you have to provide for your family. God expects us uh, to do that, to care for our children and, and all of the things of life uh, that surround us, especially uh, in America, so busy. Uh, busy, just busy, busy, busy all around us and everything that we do. And Paul says, so I recognize the fact that we, that we walk in this world. We live in this world. But he ends that verse, number five, uh, by kind of saying, but be careful. It's, it's like he's saying, but you, you need to be careful. You need to examine yourself because you may live in this world, but this isn't, this is not the world that you go to battle in. This isn't the world that you fight in. In fact, 
We can find many other scriptures if we were to uh, open up the word of God and just look into the, uh, to the precious word of the Lord. We would find out that if we fight in this world, we are fighting a losing battle. I want to tell you that we are living in a world that uh, its destiny has already been planned out by God. And uh, it, it doesn't matter what you and I try to do to change things and redirect this world. The destiny of this world is already set in place by God. He's, he's got it written down from the from the times of the beginning all the way to the times of, uh, of the end and we can uh, we can do our marches and and we can we can do all of those things and 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 come against this and come against that and and we can get caught up in all of the things that are taking place uh, in this world but Paul the apostle said you need to be careful about that because that's not going to change anything because everything that you can see and everything you can touch and everything that you know it's going to die and it's going to turn to dust. It's going to fade away. It's going to leave. In fact, in fact, one day God's going to destroy this entire world and He's going to burn it up in fire and He's going to remake everything that you see and everything that you know. Can you say amen? And Paul says, be careful then about, about getting so wrapped up uh, in the things of the world. That's the reason why you'll never hear your pastor preach about politics from this pulpit. It's got no business on this platform. That belongs to the world. There are subjects that I will never touch and I will never cover. And I, and I know that there are religious movements that say, oh, well, we ought to be involved. Why? What are you going to change? What are you going to redirect? What are you going to fix? I'm going to tell you what you better focus on. You need to focus on you got family members that are dying and going to hell. We need to focus on that there are people that need God. And no matter what you try to change in this world, that's not going to fix that. That's not going to get them to God. They're, they're not going to reach God through that mess and through protests and all that stuff that the devil would like to get us all caught up in and make us feel self-righteous about. I want to tell you what we need to do. We need to recognize we don't war in this world we don't fight in this world all right i i know i know i know i know i'm i'm i, I know i'm touching things that i want to be careful tonight but i want to tell you i i see people get they get caught up in uh, in all kinds of, of different things. And they say, well, uh, you know, we need, to, uh, we need to fight abortion. You're right, we do. But you don't fight abortion with a stick and a sign that says, I'm against abortion. You want to fight abortion, you find yourself a closet. You get on your knees and you get on your face before God. And you begin to pray for God to change the hearts of the men and women who are agreeing to that mess. That's how you fight abortion. I know that's a strong spirit and I can feel it trying to fight me right now, but you better listen to pastor because I want to tell you this mess the religious world's getting caught up in. The devil's just sitting back and he's just laughing at that stuff. If he can keep them warring in the flesh, if he can keep them warring upon this earth, if he can keep them involved upon the things upon this earth, he knows that nothing will ever be accomplished. But when a church learns to go to war,
When a church truly learns to go to war, I'm going to tell you, we're going we're gonna to see the foundation of our families begin to shake. And we're going to see uh, uh, brothers and sisters who you never dreamed would ever turn to God. You're going to see God shake the foundation of their life. And the next thing you know, they're going to be talking to you and calling on you because, because they know who you are and, and, and they know what you're about. When we learn how to pray and how to fast, how to reach God, how to touch God, how to shake the foundation of hell how to get a hold of the foot thr- the, 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 the feet of Jesus Christ uh, upon his throne uh, how to how to cause angels to be moved and dispatched uh, through the power of fasting and the power of prayer friend that's when you're going to begin to see things change uh, in your life and in, in the life of your family amen he said we walk in the flesh but we don't war after We don't war after it. We live here. We're caught up in these things. But this isn't where we fight. And the danger is, is that we get so caught up in this life. This this reality to us. This thing that we see and touch and breathe and feel every single day. This thing that we have to get up and labor with our hands every day. This thing that we have to deal with the burdens and, and, and uh, the situations and the weights of life and the trials uh, uh, and the tribulations and persecutions that life has a way to bring to me and you. If we're not careful, we'll let all of those things attach us so permanently to this world that we will forget that we're just passing through. Our home is laid up somewheres beyond the blue that this isn't what we're fighting for this isn't what we are about we're just occupying till he comes we're just doing what we got to do till he gets here and takes the church out of this world oh I wish I had some help up in here I know I'm not yelling and screaming, but I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. He's come to speak to us in this place here this evening. And we've got to be careful. We get so wrapped up in life. We get so wrapped up in the things of the world that we get so attached to it that we think that that's where our battleground is. That's where our fight is. And, and so we, we go to the job and we get cheated out of a promotion. And we're so attached to life and, and what we call reality down here that we allow anger to come up against us against the person that the that the promotion was given to we we allow feelings to come up against the boss we we allow all these things begin to happen what happened there you forgot where your war is you forgot where the battle room was you forgot where to go and strategize you forgot how to how to get with your captain and work something out and and get a plan going You allowed yourself to get attached so much to to this flesh that we walk in that you start warring in the flesh. The only thing that's going to happen when we do that is you're going to burn up your energy and you're going to get full of bitterness and you're going to get disappointed because, because you'll never win a battle. You'll never win a battle. Never win a battle until you learn where the war is. I want to tell you this is one of the crucial things of the church today. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the apostolic church, although we are certainly included, but I'm just talking about religion in general. Religion has become so attached to this earth and so attached to walking in this flesh that they are now warring after the things of the flesh.
they are now trying to get a get enough votes to sway this trying to get enough persuasion and listen you might even do it you might even make you, you might even persuade someone for one term but what happens when the next term comes and then the next term comes and then other things move and other things are pushed and other things are swayed and other things are twisted you can't win these wars because this isn't where God fights this is man's fight Against one another. This is where the adversary dwells and tries to stir things up. God is on a whole different plane. And so Paul says, I want to remind you about something. We walk in the flesh, but I want to remind you that we do not war after the flesh. And that everything that you want to get accomplished, and here's the point. Everything that our religious world today has allowed themselves to get caught up in. If we would have spent the same time, the same money, the same energies, the same effort. Coming together in fasting and prayer and seeking God. And in a closet somewhere and coming together bombarding heaven. Like they did many times in the Old Testament. And even when there were great movements, great movements in, uh, in England and great movements in the United United States of America when people uh, ignored all that mess going on out there and they just all began to come together and pray and seek God uh, and God would shake the earth uh, God can change something in a moment that men tries to change for generations if we would have spent the same time, energy, the same everything, then we would have accomplished it. And so this is what Paul is trying to get us to understand is that your goal, your objective, what you are after, what you are wanting, it is good. It is good to be against abortion. Uh, it, it is good to be uh, against, uh, you know, immorality. Uh, it is good to be against uh, uh, the movement of, of saying it's okay for man and man to marry and woman to woman. And it's good to be against... Uh, sex education uh, teaching our kids from uh, from the third grade or first grade up and, and putting all this it's good to be against all of that but if you think you're going to win that battle by coming against the people of the earth uh, that's where you're missing it you've got to that's not where you fight your war you don't fight your war here If the church is going to make an impact, we've got to go where the war is being fought. And that is in fasting and prayer. God himself said these come out but by fasting and prayer. You don't get these devils out by joining them, walking and warring in the flesh. we got to come together as a church. We gotta fast more than we've ever fasted. We gotta pray more than we've ever prayed. We gotta get a hold of God. Or I'm telling you, hell's gonna break loose in our families. The devil hates you, he hates your family, he hates everything you stand for. This is not the time and the moment to become a casual Christian. We cannot relax. We cannot put down our weapons. We cannot take our time. We must re-energize. We must get back up. We must get fired up again. We must get back in prayer. 
We must get back in fasting. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. trying to get off the verse. I'd like to get to my message. We walk in the flesh, but we don't war after it. Paul says in verse 4, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not how many signatures you can get on a petition. You can sign as many petitions as you want. You're not accomplishing anything. I don't care if you get 50 million of them and you change the law. That's but for a moment because the foundation hasn't changed. The enemy's just trying to figure out another way to come at you. That's all. No, that's not how you attack these things. That's not how you fix these things. It's not how we reach our families. It's not how we reach our co-workers. It's not how we change the world. I believe the church can change the world. Don't misunderstand me. I believe the church is powerful enough to come together and literally, literally make a difference in this world. But we're not going to do it the way the religious world is trying to do it. we got to get back to the only method of war that God ever gave the church. You never saw Jesus trying to get his disciples together to join some kind of movement to come against something that was wrong and ungodly in the time of the day of the world. That's not what he did. They didn't get Peter out of prison by going and petitioning a judge and getting enough people in the city to come together and force them to let Peter out. If they'd have done it that way, he would went right back to prison when the next judge came in or something else happened. No, they got him out by going to a room and calling out to God and fasting in prayer. And God dispatched an angel and an angelic host went in. We got to be careful. We don't get caught up in this. I get emails. I got good friends of mine. Caught up in all this mess. Got an email just recently. I sent them out sometimes. I think Sister Kimona is going to go to one of them. But they're always inviting us just to breakfasts and lunches. And come join this coalition. And come help us fight against this. And come help us fight against that. Let me tell you. They are so ignorant. That what they don't realize. All they're doing is giving a politician a platform. To push his agenda. That's all they're doing. They're not accomplishing anything from that. They'll never accomplish anything from that. You want to accomplish something? Take that same group of people and spend about three days in fasting and prayer and calling on God and reaching out to God. First of all, I guarantee you, the politician won't show up to that. Wow, I feel like I'm preaching in a Baptist church here. I know there's only a hundred of us, but you can kind of get with it a little bit. 
And if you don't like it, you've been wrong before. You'll get over it. He said, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are not of this earth. They are not methods created by men. <laughs> In fact, when you really begin to study the weapons of warfare that God has given us, we look ridiculous. I mean, we look ridiculous. Peter is in a prison. They're cutting his head off in the morning. And what are you doing? If the devil could have had his way, he'd have made his way into that prayer room and he'd have said, what are y'all doing wasting your time in this prayer room? Your brother's about to get his head cut off. You better get up and go do something. You better go knock on that judge's door. You better form a petition. You better march up and down the streets. You better do whatever. You better cry discrimination. You better do something. No, we're doing exactly what God said we're supposed to do. This is the weapon that God gave us. This is the weapon that God gave us. Us. You say, why are you preaching, teaching this stuff, Pastor? Because, because right now, on a Wednesday night, there are some of you under my voice. You are trying to figure out a way in this flesh to solve your problem. To fix your dilemma. To fix your family member. To fix your marriage. To fix your children. To fix your job situation. Your financial situation. You're sitting there trying to rack your brain out. About how you can figure this out. You're manipulating this family member. Against that family member. Trying to get this family member. To go a certain way. You're trying to not only walk in the flesh. You're trying to war in the flesh. But my friend. If, if we could get a hold of this tonight. That the weapon God has given you. The power that resides on the inside of you called fasting and prayer how it moves mountains that are in your life that no judge will ever move no man will ever move nothing you can do will move it but time and prayer seeking the face of God stop viewing man as your enemy. The oldest trick in the book. Goliath said. Send. Me. A man. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to look. At yourself. And through your own eyes. And your own ability. He wants you to judge your situation and your ability to solve it. Because the moment you start looking at him as a giant and you look at your little tiny muscles, Mr. War Man, and your feeble, your feeble little efforts around you, it would be, it's, it not would be, it's, it is, it is. Something your pastor has to pray through over. Trying to figure out how we are going to buy a $15 million building. 
maybe if we save enough. And don't misunderstand me. We need to save and you're not given enough. I'm glad you didn't laugh because that was not a joke. So we need to save and do our part. But I want to tell you, there is nothing we can do that will make that happen. We can't con ourselves enough into that building. Our tongue isn't slick enough. Your pastor's looks, though you probably think they are good enough, are not good enough. To get us in a $15 million building. $14,500,000, maybe. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I know my wife's the only one who thinks I'm good looking. And me. I, I think I am. We can, we can try to manipulate and do anything we want to manipulate and do. It is not in our reach. It is not within our ability. And if we keep trying to fight this thing this way, we'll be in this building another 15 years. But if we can wake up and say, wait a minute, I may walk in the flesh. In other words, I may walk in a world that that building costs $15 million. That's where I live I understand that. But that's not where I operate. That's not where I war. And my weapons are not carnal. You know what that means? My weapons is not money. My weapon is not getting enough money to make it happen. My weapons are not carnal, the Bible says. My weapons are not tangent to this world. Oh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Our weapons, listen to your pastor, your weapon is not tangible to this world whatever you are trying to do whatever battle you are trying to win if you will stop and examine how you are fighting that battle and if the weapon that you are using is tangible to this world you are fighting with the wrong weapon it is not the weapon that's going to win your battle our weapons are not carnal they are not tangible they are not attached to this world. But the Bible, listen to this. The Bible says, but they are mighty through God. Through the pulling down of the strongholds. Why do I need to stop battling in this world? And start battling in that world? I'm going to tell you why. Because when I use his weapon, God shows up. God is the one who stands up. God is the one who pulls down the strongholds of the enemy that is in your life. But if you don't use God's weapons, then God cannot fight your battle. Because he will not use carnal weapons. He will not. He will not let anything be used that will give glory to man. And when you use carnal weapons, 
and you solve the problem, it's not God that gets the glory. It's man that gets the glory. And I want to tell you, we got plenty of that going on in the apostolic church too. Not just the religious world. We got plenty of that going on in the apostolic church. We praise wealthy people who give large amounts of money. And we give them praise as though they got that money. And we forgot who it was that blessed them and enabled them to give. But we are so attached to this world. And we are so used to fighting with carnal weapons that we get more excited when we see something come to pass in carnal and carnality and in flesh than we do when something comes to pass in the kingdom of God. You know, Sister Thomas came up here. She's been battling cancer of the brain, cancer of the bone, cancer in, in her body. And she came up here a few, couple of Sundays ago. And she said, I just want to tell the church, I want to give God glory that they have said, I am cancer free. And then she, she whispered to me. She said, well, I've got one more test. They have to do a bone scan to make sure there's no cancer in, in my bone, my skeleton. And so I called her up today and I said, Sister Thomas, I just wanted to call you. And I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear it from your lips that you are free from cancer. And she said, oh, Pastor, I just spoke to him today. I just got the results today. And she said, I want you to know that my, my, my bone scan came back cancer-free. She said, there's no cancer in my body anywhere. So I want to tell you, that didn't come from chemo. That didn't come from treatments. That came from a God, from a church that prayed. A church that touched God. A church that fasted. A church that believed. You cannot win those kinds of battles using carnal techniques. They can only be won by the power of God. We got to ask ourselves, when are we going to stop using carnal weapons? Because we will fail every time. There are no winners in this world. None. Not one. Every weapon of this world loses, no matter what the temporary results may be. I fear that much of our heartache and pain comes to us because we fought so diligently in the flesh. Every once in a while, we would invoke the name of Jesus. Makes us feel better, doesn't it? Every once in a while, we'd spend a few minutes in prayer and convince ourselves that we have given this to God. But when we get up from our knees and walk away, 
The same pressure goes with this. The same worry, the same frets, the same stress continues to abide. And we continue to try to figure out with our own hands and our own minds how we can fix this, how we can arrange things, fix things, change things. Maybe if I do this, it'll be better. Well, if God's telling you, maybe. Maybe if I'll change this way, you know, it, it'll, it'll be better. Well, if the changes you're trying to make are being obedience to the word of God, then yes. But if you're just trying to manipulate your situation to get results, you're going to fail. Because my war and your war is not carnal. The moment you give your life to God, the moment you say, I do to him, the moment his spirit comes into your life, you are no longer your own. And you will no longer be effective fighting your battles in the flesh and in the ways of carnality and humanity. From that point forward, the only thing that will ever work for you are the weapons of spiritual warfare. And even though I didn't really get to fasting tonight, that's the one that I would sort of dwelling on. That we as a church need to get back serious about our fasting. You know, when you when you used to going the first three Mon the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, of the month and you've done it now for several years and fasting can become a little common and we don't really treat it right. And we don't really spend time in prayer. We don't put time aside. We don't dedicate our time and efforts to God. And we fill that time with carnal things. And you know what the word of God says about that. The word of the Lord in Isaiah. Read the book of Isaiah. I think it's chapter 53. But, or is it 53 on fasting? 58. And, and uh, where it talks about uh, fasting. And one of the things God talks about is that you're calling this a fast day. But you just go about your everyday life. And you just fill your day with just everyday life. And like I, like I started out with here today, I understand that when we fast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we're certainly not asking anyone to take off from work. I know you're going to go to work. I know it. But if during those three days we could just find something that we do a little special towards the fasting, get up a little early and be on the line for prayer. Take your lunch break and read the word of God. Call up the prayer line. If you take your lunch break at noon, call up the prayer line. They'll be praying at noon. When you come home that night, that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the first three months, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the month, and you come home that night, um, don't entertain yourself with things. Go get the word of God. Read God's word at 930. Get on the prayer line with the church and, and begin to pray. Just, I know you can't give the whole day. Just grab some slots in that day and say, God, I'm tired of fighting this thing in the flesh. You know, all we have to do is stop and look at, look at the results. Look at the results that we get. Let's stand. That way I can make everybody really feel like I'm quitting, including myself. I convince myself of it.
if we could just stop and examine our own life and look and and look at our life and see the results in some areas and then be honest with ourselves have i fought this god's way or have i fought this man's way and don't misunderstand pastor There are situations and things that we go through that man's way can be very impactive and very helpful because man's been trying to solve their problems for 6,000 years. And so they have fine-tuned some methods, and they have gotten really good at some of them. And you can apply them, and you can use them. But if you're going to get God's results, you're going to have to lay down man's tools. And you're going to have to be willing to defy your flesh. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? That's the whole thing about fasting. This old flesh, man. I'm going to tell you. It just, it just don't want to fast. And it doesn't want to pray. But how many of you notice the more you pray, the more you want to pray? You ever notice that? And it's because the more you pray, the more the carnal man gets pushed away. And the more he gets pushed away, the more the spiritual man comes alive. And the spiritual man is hungering after things of God. And then you go two or three days and things happen and you don't pray. And, and then you don't want to pray at all. Carnal man comes back up. And spiritual man's pushed back down. It's a battle. But if we're going to see real differences, we have got to get back serious on fasting and prayer. And when we fast, we need to do it right. You know, if we think about it, and I'm done, we think about it. It takes such a little bit of time to get such great response from God. Such a smidgen of our time and a smidgen of our pleasures, our fleshly carnal pleasures. Just, I mean, God just wants to cut out this little tiny slither and have you dedicated to him. And he will move mountains. The beauty about it is when you cut out that slither, you want to cut out another one. And then you want to cut out another one. And the next thing you know, the only thing you really want is him. And his ways. Everybody say we walk in the flesh. But we do not war after the flesh. Did this make sense tonight? We can turn this thing around in our life. And look at the weapons that we're using. And get back to using the weapons. And there's several that we're going to touch on eventually. Get back to using the weapons of God. So let's pray together as a church. It's 8.15. So we'll pray just for a few minutes here. You don't have to come down. I want us to pray together though. And I want us to ask God as a church to reveal this message to us tonight, to open up these scriptures 
and to give us the revelation of what it means that we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Father, we come to you tonight as a church. Lord, our city is under attack. This is a community of wealth. And where there is power and where there is money, there is evil. Lord, we are the light in this city. And we cannot win this battle fighting with the weapons of this world. We cannot go the way of the world. We cannot choose the weapons of this world and expect that we're going to make an impact. We have got as a church to get serious about our fasting and our prayer. I believe the schedule that you gave us as a church, Lord, I believe it's, it's what we need. It's all that we need. God, if we would just really do it right. If we would take every moment of that Thursday and truly give it to you and read the word of God. Pray and fast and meditate. Call upon you, God. If we would take those that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, grab slots of time and give them to you and seek you and reach for you and pull down the strongholds through the mighty weapons of God. Father, I believe that this church would see incredible results including being given land and a building. God, that is a small thing for you. But we have got to start fighting this in our carnal ways. We have got to get a hold of you, God. We have got to fast and we have got to pray. We have got to seek the face of God. We got to seek your face. We got to seek your face, God. For the situations in our families, for our loved ones that we're praying for, the situations on our job. God, we got to quit fighting these things with earthly methods and and the ways of men. We got to fight this with the weapons, God, that you have given us. And that is fasting and prayer. That is the word of God. The mighty word of God. Speaking the word of God. What a weapon you have given us. Praying in the spirit. Speaking in tongues. Praying in the spirit. Ha, ha. Ha. Jesus, we got to use these weapons. We got to learn to travail. We got to learn to turn our insides. Oh God, inside out. We got to travail. We got to travail. We got to learn as a church. Oh God, to get a hold of these weapons again. To pick them up. Put them back in our life. Get them active all over again in our life. God, help us. Help us as a church to do this. 
Help us, God. It's the only hope of this community. It's the only hope of our families. It's the only hope of our loved ones. Oh, God. Help us to pick up the weapons that you have given us. Help us to lay down the weapons that we've been using. Weapons of this world. Weapons of flesh. And help us to war in the Spirit, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Lord willing, I'm going to continue this next Wednesday night. I'm going to pray and seek God and ask Him to open up some things. And um, I really felt like the Lord was speaking to us tonight. And if this is a vein that God wants to speak to this church to for a while, then I say we ought to let him. And let whatever happened, happen. Maybe one of these Wednesday nights, Pastor will just start a little bit and the power of God will just fall. And God will just let us experience just a touch of what it means to pick up his weapons. And go to war. Go to war in a realm that nothing else can touch. Nothing can go there. It's just you and God. It's just you and God. Just you and God. Praise God. Amen. Well, I love you. Let's give the Lord praise. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you tonight. We thank you for your words. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Let's bring this home. It might even be good after they upload it. I'm assuming we, re we record it. Did anybody? Roel, did you push play on that? We're good. Thank you, Matt. So we'll upload that tonight. Maybe listen to it again during the week. I'll send it out in the morning when I do my devotion. I'll include a link. And um, so hopefully the rest of the church. So be here next Wednesday. Don't skip out on me. And um, wow, pastor's got to be honest with you. It's next Wednesday district conference. It's next week district conference. Okay, I'm just, you're my Wednesday night crowd. I can lie to a lot of people, but I cannot lie to you. Just kidding. Actually, I will not be in town Wednesday. But I will have a dynamic preacher here. Please be faithful. The following Wednesday, I will be here. I have to be in board meetings, so I'm going to be in Ocala. But be here. Be faithful to the house of the Lord. And normally, I don't tell the church when I'm going out of town, but you know what? Uh, I tell my board when I remember, but I'm going to start telling you guys because I want you to be here, be faithful. I want you to be praying when pastor has to go away, and let's just be a unit. Let's unify. Pastor, don't bring God here. You bring God here. You've been reading my devotions? Who's responsible to bring the oil? You are. Yeah, two of y'all. Two of y'all read my devotions. You know, I spend three hours every morning writing those devotions for you. Three hours. That's right. I'm up early in the morning. 
And I write those devotions. Sometimes it's all the way to 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning before I'm done. I do that for you. The least you could do is just open it and skim. You're dismissed. I, I hope I made you feel guilty. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. You're the best. By the way, that was a carnal weapon I was using there called guilt. Guilt. 